1: I was 11 at the time and living in a nice suburb area. We had recently moved into this house that my parents had built and it was our first home versus rented house in a sketchy area and it was actually a pretty nice neighbourhood now. The whole family made friends quickly with lots of neighbours but especially the ones three doors down. They had a daughter my age and a male by the way and a daughter five years younger which was the same age as my sister. Our parents got along really well too and we began hanging out quite a bit for barbecues at their house or parties at our house, etc. Friendships were formed quickly and seemed to be very strong. After a year or so I started realising things just weren't what they seemed though. I remember seeing police cars at their house a few times in the evenings and when I'd ask my parents what was going on, it was always nothing, just checking in on them type answers. I was no genius, but at 11, that obviously still didn't add up. I mean, why didn't the cops ever just check up on us? Anyway, one day I'm at their house playing and hanging out, and the daughter goes across the street to get another mutual friend, which left myself and the father alone in the house. This was really no big deal, as it had actually happened before, but then he approached me and just seemed off. I still don't know what made me feel this way but I was really uncomfortable and started thinking about leaving in fact. About five minutes later he tells me that he has something cool to show me. I don't remember exactly what it was but I think it was something like uh, baseball cards or something which I was very fond of at the time. I excitedly started following him and he pulled the attic ladder down and asked me to follow him which I did without hesitation at first. But then Something happened, and I still can't process what it was, but he was ahead of me on the ladder, and when he looked back to help me into the attic, there was something just really wrong about the whole situation. Something about his eyes, his face, his grin or something. It just wasn't right. It looked evil. I can still see it clear as day and can't recognize exactly what it was that set my alarms off but whatever it was was plenty because I jumped off that ladder and ran out the door as fast as I could. I sprinted all the way home and was choking back tears when I bursted through my front door. Mum was there when I came through and could see that I was obviously out of sorts and immediately started calming me down. As I came to my senses I explained what happened and My mum was obviously concerned with how scared I was, but mostly brushed it off to me being scared, young, and silly and all that. And I kid you not, that same exact night, I was woken up at around 3am. It was my mum sitting on my bed, and as I woke, she just held me like a baby. I remember how she smelled and how tightly she held me, and I remember her tears hitting my cheek. Eventually I saw out the window to the neighbor's house and it was surrounded by police and fire trucks. The neighbor's dad had killed himself and his daughter in the attic after a standoff with police. There isn't a doubt in my mind nor my mother's that that would have been me had I made it into that attic. I still get chills thinking about it. So to start this off, this all happened at a a decommissioned power plant. Now, On this property, there was a cemetery that the company had bought with the property. They were digging up graves and transporting them out at the time and we had to have two security at the main gate and two at the cemetery while they were digging up the bodies and bringing them out. They did this at night because of the heavy truck traffic on the road leading out of the main gate during the day. Now. Two had to be at the gate because we had to check off names and make sure all bodies were accounted for and none were missing. The other two guards had to be at the cemetery because of grave robbers who, if the coffins were left unattended, would crack them open and steal everything except the body and also meth heads getting in there to get high. And so we always had two guards at all times there. Our company finally broke down and got us a shotgun that week after one of our guards was shot by a meth head. He did survive by the way in one of the outlying buildings but everyone carried some sort of firearm after the guard was shot. For instance everyone carried handguns except the LT who kept an AR on him out of the cemetery. Now this was a pretty normal night. I was in the shack watching Stargate when the radio starts going off with people from the dig site freaking out. Our response was what the hell is going on out there and they said that someone was going into the facility So the LT and the guard with him followed and demanded that we followed and so I grabbed our 12 gauge and we bolted in. They described the person as a tall woman with short hair walking in. This wasn't totally unusual because there was a neighbourhood around where teens would get in and hook up. Gross I know but something just set everyone in the dig site into a panic. We hooked up the respirators so that we could go in. We had to have them due to asbestos, Men entered, taking every step with a grain of salt because none of us wanted to get shot. We were about four floors up when we see it, and it's going up the stairs. I was about to confront her when the other main gate guard grabbed my shoulder and pulled me back, and said, Dude, look at her. I didn't think anything about it until I looked back, and the person was gone, presumably up the stairs the LT was shaking and I thought that he was going to have a heart attack and everyone was just ghost white. The main gate guard looks at me and says bro she wasn't moving her legs and it was at this point that the LT made us pull out and go back to the shack. He called the digging company and told them to get the hell out here now and we tried to gather our thoughts before the company got on the radio and someone said that guys she's on the roof. We ran out immediately and saw that there was a woman on the far side of the roof. The side without a roof access area, mind you. And We all looked at each other and after that I, I made the decision that it was time to quit. This was one of the most terrifying security jobs that I'd ever worked and at this point I was done. The two other guards did the same and we took off our shirts, threw them in the shack and we just left that night. I found out later too from one of the guys that the LT quit after turning in the camera footage of the incident and his personal body camera footage to corporate the next morning. We had a whole host of stuff that happened there over the short time that I'd worked there, but most of it was just small gates opening on their own, or knocks on doors and windows, some handprints on cars I think, a truck being pushed into a ditch and a whole load of stuff like that. But this... This was different because when I saw her on the roof, she didn't have any legs. So a little bit of backstory beforehand. My parents are divorced and I live primarily in Australia but travel back to see my father, his family and my extended family in the UK every chance that I can spare. And this story revolves around one of those visits. At the time of the visit, I was 13 years old and due to scheduling conflicts, would be travelling alone without my other sibling. Luckily, most airlines and airports worth their salt offer assistance programs for unaccompanied minors. That program includes an identifying tag, escorts through the airport, help with check-in and priority boarding. I was boarded first, my chaperone said goodbye and handed me off to the flight attendants, so far so good. Nothing of any real significance happened for the first few hours of the flight but I couldn't help but just feel a little bit uneasy. I kept feeling this sensation like someone was watching me but every time I glanced around I I couldn't see the source so I, I chalked it up to being a little bit nervous about flying alone and just tried to watch some in-flight movies to calm myself down. The next significant event though was when I got up to pee. Now something caught my eye that hadn't before. There was a man about four rows back in a middle aisle seat who was just staring at me. He wasn't making much attempt to hide the fact that he was looking at me too and out of shyness I, I just kind of looked down and broke our stare and tried to ignore him as I walked by I I felt almost like he was gesturing me to look at him as if he wanted to ask me a question. In that moment I made the decision to ignore him and pretended that I hadn't seen him gesture to me. My mother has always been very safety conscious and I credit her with giving me a healthy suspicion of strangers.' She made it very clear that while I was travelling alone, I didn't have to answer to any other adults but my chaperons and that if someone tried to talk to me or make me do something for them, that I had permission to ignore them or report them to the airport staff. And so, that's what I did. I walked past him, went to the bathroom and walked back to my seat with my head down. I can't verify whether or not he kept trying to get my attention because I was a little freaked out and just kind of looked at the back. And all I can say is that my creepy, you're being watched sensors kept on tingling as the flight went on. These bad feelings all came to a head during the sleeping hours of the flight though. For those who haven't travelled international long hauls, the sleeping hours are for people to sleep by stimulating nighttime in the plane. This basically means no trolley service, dim lights and all the airline screens are shut off. I was really groggy and sleep deprived at the time and I probably should have tried to get some rest but I just couldn't get comfortable and was just trying to ride out my time watching movies. And this is when he approached me. He put a hand on my shoulder and squeezed and then he said something that I didn't hear with my headphones on so I removed them and turned to give him my groggy but full attention. I said, Sorry. And he said, Will you come to the back of the plane with me, please? Utterly confused by this question, I said, Have I done something? And he said, No, I would just like for you to come to the back of the plane with me. He crouched down to be at eye level with me at this point. Glancing back to the end of the plane, which is dark, behind a curtain, and the only bathroom is vacant, I just kind of looked at him. He said... I have money and pulls out a wallet and shows me a wad of cash if you'd like some. I just want to talk to you at the back of the plane he said it'll just be for a moment. Obviously being young and mind you looking very young I'm just very confused as to what to do when this is happening. Looking back I I remember feeling annoyed less afraid of danger and just more irritated at being asked to stop watching a movie and do something. Due to my tired state, it just wasn't connecting that I might actually be in danger here. I was just being asked to talk to this guy about something random. I wondered if he might have convinced me with a little more prodding too, but luckily he didn't get any further. Because a woman behind me, who I realised later was listening in for the entire conversation, pulled down her eye mask, leant over between the seat gap and said, she isn't interested, you need to return to your seat right now or I'll call the flight attendant. And I've never seen a man move so fast. He tucked his wallet away and scurried back to his seat, slid on his eye mask and rotated away from us so that we wouldn't see his face. She turns her attention to me and says, if he comes back over to you, wake me up or call for the flight attendant, okay? If you need to use the bathroom, use the one in the centre of the plane because it's more well lit. And she reaches through and rests a hand on my shoulder. I give a thank you and she leans back into her seat but keeps her eye mask off, shooting looks into the man's direction. Near the last few hours of the flight, I, I didn't feel uneasy or like I was being watched anymore. The woman who was travelling with the two kids keeps leaning in and asking me questions about where I'm going, who's picking me up from the airport, etc, etc. When she discovers that I'm meeting extended family at the terminal, her face clears and she offers to walk out with me to the baggage claim. We land, get off the plane and when I saw my father in the arrivals lounge, I wave her a fond goodbye, say thank you and I walk off. As for the guy, I have no idea what happened. The encounter was just so bizarre and kind of forthright and short that I might have just discarded it from my memory immediately. Looking back though, I always feel apprehension and dread as to what his intentions exactly were. I have some theories and they probably line up with your theory too, but I'm just glad that I didn't get put into a position to find out. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call, one who doesn't forget to lock the doors, one who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice. At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easy going, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. which means you can take care of just about any home project and just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: In November, my two roommates, John and Amber, and I moved into a two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment located in Sacramento. It really isn't the greatest area, and it's right next to the railroad tracks, but the rent is decent. From the moment that we stepped foot onto the property, though, something just felt very wrong with this place. I brushed it off, though, as the moving started, because I was already in a bad enough mood having to haul everything up the damn stairs to the apartment. So, at the first night, I, I didn't have my bed with me. There's a long story that goes with that, but uh, I won't get into it. Although the three inch memory foam topper that I had, it arrived the day before moving, in so I had something to sleep on instead of just bare carpet. It took me a minute to get comfortable but I was so wiped out from moving that I pretty much passed out instantly just before 11pm. I slept for maybe two hours before I began to just feel really uncomfortable. I tossed and turned around a lot before turning around to face the right wall of my room and when I opened my eyes... I showed back on the topper, seeing just a, a pale face of a woman. There wasn't a figure around it, just a, a face looking at me with a, a strange smile. But once I sat up to grab my phone for more light, there was nothing there anymore. And I, uh, I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched the rest of the night. And nothing else happened for about two weeks. Another night, in the beginning of December, I had stayed up rather late hanging out with John and Amber. We'd been having a fun night just playing cards against humanity and it was about one in the morning at this point when we all finally decided to head to bed and I climbed into mine. I should also mention that we have three animals that live in the house, four now, but the fourth wasn't there when this happened. But John and Amber have a cat named Lego and I have a small chihuahua mixed dog named Jake and a fat jerk of a cat named Jedi. I normally have to sleep with my door cracked open, otherwise Jedi will howl about wanting in or out. He likes to come and go as he pleases. Now that it's noted too, the bathroom area is right outside my door. It leads to the sink and counter with a large mirror on the wall and around the corner is the door to the toilet and shower. We have a nightlight on the wall by the outside sink area just so that we can find our way to the bathroom during our mid-sleep bathroom calls and whatnot. Anyway... I was exhausted and I felt myself just melting into my bed once again enjoying the comfort. But for some reason I, I just couldn't manage to fall asleep right away though. I can't explain it but something just felt really off. I got the feeling of just being watched again. About two hours passed by of me tossing and turning trying to get myself to fall asleep and I was laying on my back when I noticed a, a black shadow emerge from the bathroom Moving out to the mirrored sink area, my door was over halfway open so I could see it clearly now too, just a a humanoid shadow that was standing in the bathroom area, and now it seemed like it was looking at me. There were no eyes though or any other noticeable features, but before I could say anything the, the figure just charged at me in my bed, running so hard and fast at the foot of the bed that I thought it was going to crash into it. So I jolted back in shock and I blinked just for a second and when I opened my eyes and looked around, there was nothing there in my room. I laid back down hoping that it was all just in my head, but when I saw it in the bathroom area again, it seemed a, a bit more bulky and tall and it just loomed there in the hallway. It actually charged at me once again as I was in my bed, but this time coming all the way up to the side of my bed into my face before... It just disappeared right before my eyes. I felt the rush of air hit me as well as I was trying to scramble to the other side of my bed. Looking up it was gone and to this day I still can't explain what happened. I looked in my closet and under my bed and by this point I'd made some noise screaming so my friends were awake and we just couldn't find anything. And so I, I just closed my door before turning on my TV in my room for some light and I didn't sleep at all that night. So, my parents, they were very lenient about me going outside to play all the time. And so, when I was younger, I would always ride my bike around the neighborhoods with just absolutely no purpose. Now... I live in a huge neighborhood, and when I say huge, I mean really, really big. And one day, I decided to go out for a ride, and when I was on my way home, a red SUV pulled up in front of me, blocking me. She was rolling down her window and asked if my parents knew I was out, and this is how the conversation went. I said, Yes, my parents always know. She said, Let me take you home. Where do you live? I said no, I can just ride home myself and then she said, please, I insist, where do you live? Some of that kept happening too and it went on for some time but then she got really fed up with me and said, you're going to get into this car right now or I'll make you. And this is when I straight up booked it. This lady was crazy and I think I went so fast that I went forward in time. I was being chased though and I was looking between every house to see how I could escape through a gap in the fencing when I found one and I hid between the two fences and squished between them. I was so scared that I was crying and I walked to the neighbour's house to ask them to take me home and I'm always pretty scared now and sometimes I, I see that red SUV nearby and if it sees me it chases until I just duke them out. This has been an ongoing problem for a while now and if you guys have any advice, I'll take it. When I was a kid, my brother and I shared a bedroom and let me set the scene for you too. So there were two beds, one on each side of the wall, a window between us at the far side of the room and a closet which stays shut at night to the left as you walk into the bedroom door. There's a dresser on each side of the walls as well and at the foot in between our beds we had an oscillating fan for the summer heat. Now one night we were sleeping and I awoke tossing and turning and I just kept hearing a, a mechanical clicking sound. So I... I slowly and groggily turned my head towards the noise and saw our fan surrounded by a a really large shadow, larger than our parents, and it was holding down the oscillating portion of the fan. I stared for what felt like forever and slowly turned to my brother who, to my surprise, was staring directly at me and gave me the smallest head shake of no. He's the older brother, so I listened and I put my head back down and angled my view to keep an eye on the fan. The clicking continued throughout this time and after a few minutes the clicking stopped but the shadow stayed and then moved very slowly in front of the fan and just remained at the foot of our beds the whole night. The crazier thing is too is that we could still feel the fan as it was standing in front of us. Our eyes darted back and forth between the shadow and each other for confirmation and we just stayed awake the rest of the night not wanting to close our eyes. At some point the sun came up and the shadow just disappeared and we found ourselves with a story that we couldn't explain to anyone and an opened closet door. It's been 20 plus years and we still talk about that So I'm currently living with my grandparents in a really old house that was originally two separate houses belonging to two brothers. After the two brothers died, the houses were joined together and sold as one. I actually grew up in this house and have had a ton of experiences in it, both when I was a young child and now even as an adult. For now though, I I just wanted to share a short one that happened pretty recently. So... My room is upstairs and my desk is against the wall that has an attic that only gets open probably once every 10 years, if that. I was sitting at my desk playing some Grand Theft Auto with a few friends and my phone jumped off the desk and onto the floor. It wasn't charging so I know that I didn't just hit the cable and drag it down or anything and this actually happens quite a bit so it didn't scare me too much. Again, I I grew up here and I've had far scarier things happen. But nevertheless, I, I like to share everything paranormal that happens with my grandmother, so I took off my wireless headset and just set it on the desk while I went downstairs to talk to my grandmother. I come back up a few minutes later, throw my headset back on, and I start talking with my friends. And nobody responds. So I, I sent a message to see what was going on. A moment later, I can hear everyone talking again, and they had muted me while I was gone. They kept asking me too if I was screwing with them and I told them about the phone and also let them know that I was just going downstairs for a minute and initially just thought that this was what they were referring to. Someone else assures all the others though that I was just messing with them and I ask what they're talking about and they tell me that they muted me because someone was breathing heavily into the microphone while I was downstairs They went through the process of muting each person to see if it was someone else trying to screw with everyone, but it was only coming from me. My friends also said that it lasted at least two minutes or so and was a pretty deep and heavy breathing. But when they found out that it wasn't really me, most of them just got offline for the night as they were genuinely freaked out by it. At first, I honestly thought that I was the one getting pranked, but I've asked several times since then and Everyone in the party swears up and down that it really happened. And they actually don't like it when I bring it up, too. So there's this girl that's been stalking me and harassing me since October of 2018. We were in the same class in high school six years ago, and... She was super shy, never spoke in class, and barely had any friends. I can't remember speaking to her more than once or twice through all of high school. To me, she just didn't even exist. And then suddenly, many months ago, I, I woke up to a message in my Facebook inbox that read, F for white people. She's Asian, from what country, I, I don't know, and I thought it was just really strange, so I tried to reply back with, what's going on? but she'd blocked my messages. So I I decided to just ignore it and go on with my life. About a month had passed and I woke up to yet another message in my inbox. She had sent me a screenshot of an Instagram account in my name. No posts or followers, just an empty account with my name. I kind of freaked out a little and tried to reply, but yet again she just blocked my messages. I tried to find the account on Instagram, but I couldn't. My name is very uncommon too so the possibilities that this was another guy's account was very slim. It certainly wasn't my account that's for sure. I was just really confused and kind of scared that she had created an account with my name and would post things pretending to be me or something. So I contacted one of her high school friends and asked if she could deliver a message for me since I had no way of reaching her and to my surprise They weren't friends anymore and hadn't spoken in months. I told my closest friends about what was happening and they told me that they had received some strange messages too. I was just so confused by this point. This one girl who nobody talked to or had any kind of relationship with was sending pictures of Instagram accounts, weird memes and just three word sentences that made zero sense to me and many of my friends. I tried to think of why she would have done this. Had we treated her badly at some point? But I just couldn't think of anything that we had done. I remember giving her a piece of gum one day in fact, but that's about as close as any communication happened between us. So I decided in the end that I would just try and ignore her and hope that she wouldn't send me any more messages. But then, around Christmas time, I... I woke up to my Facebook exploding with notifications and messages. I think I had around a good 100 plus notifications. She had been just sharing all of my profile pictures and posts. I'm seriously freaking out at this point and open my messenger. I've received 56 messages that all read, kill yourself. I tried to message her again, but surprise, surprise, she had blocked my messages. At this point, I was becoming really angry too. So I clicked on her Facebook profile to block her and get rid of her for good. But before I went to block her, I scrolled down her wall and she'd been sharing literally hundreds of posts and pictures of me, my friends and some other people too that I had no idea who they were. I did some further detective work and found her sister's Facebook profile and decided to send her a message too. I took screenshots of everything that she'd done and sent it to her asking why she was doing this. She freaked out when she saw what her crazy stalker sister had done. The stalker had deleted her sister on Facebook because of an argument they had around October or something when this all started so she hadn't seen anything that she'd done. She promised me though that she would talk to her crazy stalker sister and try and make her stop at least. I received a message from the sister a few hours later that she had talked to the stalker and promised that she would stop and she apologized i was just happy that this was finally going to be over and i thanked her another few months pass and we're now in february of 2019 i hadn't received any messages since i talked to her sister and i had honestly just forgot about everything that had happened but two days ago i was playing some games with my friends on my pc and talking on discord my phone was on the table and i saw it light up once and i'd received a notification I wouldn't bother to check it before the game was done but a few seconds after I I got another one and then another one and I could see my phone in the corner of my eye. Notifications just came swarming in and then I remembered the crazy stalker girl and I just got a a really awful feeling in my stomach, praying that this was not her. I stopped playing and picked up my phone and notifications still swarming in and the stalker was sharing my pictures and posts yet again and all had a caption like kill yourself or I hope you die. I instantly blocked her and a few minutes later it happened again. Someone with another username was sharing my pictures. I blocked the account instantly again and she had created at least 10 accounts and I was desperately trying to block all of them as fast as I could as soon as I saw a notification. I sent her sister a message again and told her that I was going to report this to the police if she wouldn't stop. She told me that she would talk to her again, and angry and confused and kind of scared as well. I I went back to the gaming session to talk to my friends about it, and I went to sleep a few hours later. I woke up late the next day, and it was hard to sleep after thinking about all that was happening, but my cousin had received some messages from my crazy stalker as well, and she had told him that I owed her money or something. I kept my calm and told him about everything and said that he should just go with it and I wanted to see where this was going. She thought that my cousin was actually my father and he's a lot older than me so I guess that I could see why she would think that. But they had a long conversation where she claimed that I had both stolen and hacked a phone and lent money away from her or something and that I was the reason that she lost her scholarship and had to move. She said that I owed her 10k which later became 50k and then again she raised the amount to 100k later in the conversation. All of which of course was just crazy lies. I'm just so confused as to why she's doing this to me. I have no idea what I've done to her and in fact I'm gonna go and report this to the police tomorrow. I'm actually really scared of what she might accuse me of next or if she's going to show up on my door someday or something. And mind you... All of this is happening six years after the last time that I saw her. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one.